the past like seven years of my life, I'd be like sitting at home on a computer and just daydreaming about doing this all the time. And just being like, oh, I need to do this. I need to get it out of my system. I need to live that adventure, meet those people. Do like, if I don't do it, I'll never know. You know, as risky as it is, I'll, if I don't do it, I'll never know. So I was just like, you know what? Get inspired. Transform your life. Welcome to Best Interest Radio. I don't take many supplements, but one of them that I do take is magnesium. Because I've come to find out that studies have shown most people are deficient in magnesium because modern agriculture has caused a depletion of minerals in our soil. And that's why my favorite company, BioOptimizers, decided to take all seven forms of magnesium and combine them into one supplement called Magnesium Breakthrough. So if you want a safe and effective way to manage stress, sleep, aches and pains check out the link in the description to get a discount on magnesium breakthrough and if you're listening between november 26th and november 30th they're having an amazing black friday sale if not the link's still there today on the podcast we have pierre luc arsenault um and we we ended up meeting actually technically a year ago in the seps sauna now seps is like a gym in moncton at the university of Moncton or UDM Université de Moncton <laughs> and anyways it was kind of funny because I was there with my friend Olivier who I did a podcast with if you haven't checked that out check it out because it's pretty cool he has a pretty cool story to share he's an interesting guy and anyways me Olivier was in the sauna and Pierre um, happened to be there while we were there and he said to us like hey you guys should do um, a podcast like in a sauna like a sauna kind of based podcast where you do the podcast in the sauna because we were talking about the podcast I was starting um, which I didn't actually release until February or so months later but uh, anyway it was kind of cool because then how we actually connected was you know months went by and I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the people of Moncton which is a a page and YouTube channel that you know, they highlight stories of people in Moncton, New Brunswick and kind of zoom into their lives and get the, you know, their history and what they do for a living and kind of varies and it's pretty cool stuff that they're doing. But Pierre Luc Alcino was featured on that as a, and they were highlighting his mountain biking, which I thought was pretty cool because I, I do mountain biking as a hobby. I'm not quite as intense as Pierre, but you know, I still do it for fun. So I followed him and then I think he must have recognized me from the sauna and messaged me. And he was like, Hey man, I think we met before at SEPS. Like I was like, SEPS. And he's like in the sauna. I was like, <laughs> and then he's like, it all just came back to me. And uh, yeah, just to give you kind of a funny little background. We actually, just <laughs> this is a deja vu for us. Cause I just tried recording this, but I forgot to hit record, but that's the problem with technology. <laughs> so anyways, that's how we met. And we were kind of just talking about how it's cool, how stuff kind of goes full, full circle and you'll meet people at certain points. And sometimes you might see them in the moment as just passerbys, but later on they show up and they play a certain role in our lives. So it's called mm -hmm. serendipity, right place in the right time. <laughs> serendipity. Yeah. yeah. I said earlier. 
yeah yeah that was crazy man um that sauna podcast i guess never happened but you were saying that uh apparently somebody else has been doing it for a while now <laughs> yeah that's right I, i was just scrolling the, on the internet the other day and i i came across a sauna pack podcast and i was like of course and oh yeah then we were talking about how uh you know when you have a thought when you have the idea of something chances are they say that's you know somebody's already working on it because it's in that thought realm because if you think of us as all interconnected like we're super advanced computers and we're connected to like this uh you know the internet of life or the universe whatever you want to call it uh somebody is also thinking it so the question is are you going to be the one that's going to bring it to fruition or are you going to let someone else do it because you know like when thomas edison was inventing the light bulb and stuff and alexander graham bell was inventing the telephone there were other people during that time in different parts of the world working on the same or similar thing and they were the ones that kind of just patented it and you know were the first ones to bring it to the public so i think that's a cool lesson of what we can do with our lives <laughs> it, it is for sure yeah but then the sauna closed over covid and, and i never yeah. got the chance to try it out man <laughs> yeah that's right uh, you know what i freaking missed that sauna i was like one of the best uh, in moncton <laughs> it is definitely where i am right now in squamish uh, british columbia like there seems to be no saunas in any gym here oh yeah it's kind of been like something missing, man. I, I almost thought about like starting something with like a sauna just to like really like a man. recovery center or something. Just just like rent a place and get some saunas and some cold baths and be like, hey, it's a recovery man. center. There's so many athletes here. I'm sure it would work like perfect. Man, that's a good idea. I actually want to start something like that here in Moncton with uh, you no know, best interest. Sort of like a biohacking human upgrade center. Where yeah. you can go do saunas and cold baths and train and stuff. Biohacking. That's a word I haven't heard uh, many times before. You must know uh, Ben Greenfield, I guess. Oh, man. Ben Greenfield is <laughs> probably like the number one podcast I listen to out of all of them. I started with Dave, A like Dave Asprey's podcast, Bulletproof Radio. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's on there all the time, I guess. Yeah. Man, I've learned a lot of stuff from them. He's on the you do need. So, oh yeah do you do any biohacks or what do you consider a biohack um, or what, the term good question i do have blue light blocking glasses but that's about it man so do i i, uh, I <laughs> there's like a bunch of stuff that ben talks about all the time where he's he like puts caffeine up his butt and does yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. just like you know what man I think I'll just stick to fruit. And <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Try to do my best. Coffee en enemas. I was joking with my girlfriend the other day about how I was uh, going to get her to help me do some coffee enemas. <laughs> <laughs> But man, jokes aside, I I've learned a lot from those guys. <laughs> they've, they've, they're actually listening to the podcast like that or what helped me lose you know, 115 pounds and become healthy in the way that I did. Man, it's it's honestly such a great time to be alive for that because i feel like we have so many so much information available to us can you imagine like all those super intelligent people that go on these podcasts that have done incredible things and like maybe you know 40 50 years ago there would have been no way to reach out to those people to know their story to know what worked to know what didn't work and now we, all we do is just go all we need to do is just go to like 
Apple Podcast or Spotify and just hit a podcast and get all that free information, man, from like the best university professors. From yeah. like, it's kind of like mind blowing, man. All for free. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing, man. I always like to imagine like as <laughs> sort of humor if like Jesus or Buddha had a Facebook or Twitter account or like uh, <laughs> or their own podcast or something like that. Because all the stuff, all the stuff, not even them, but just like all, even just back in the day, like Shakespeare was like on Twitter. Like, what would he say? You know? I know. I know. It would, it would change <laughs> his whole thing. Yeah. For sure. Some, some funny stuff. But I think it's cool too, because it's kind of something you'll have to show the grandkids, you know? Yeah. If it's still around. Yeah. Whenever they're around or whatever. Yeah. If the internet's still around. <laughs> yeah, if there's not like a revolution up to there and everybody's just like, fuck this, fuck the internet. I just want to go outside and meet yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, outside is the, the real internet. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's the real, real internet. Yeah, I, I, the internet is paradoxical just like anything else in life. It's like, we don't need it, but we just have it. And I think it kind of reflects sort of what we already are like i think the internet is a reflection of what already exists like i think we already are interconnected and i think we just we brought that into like a the physical manifestation of us being interconnected is the internet so something that we can see and touch and hear and measure and uh, uh, i think you're right man i think the only problem with the internet maybe is just like it's almost like gas on a fire. Like, let's say on Facebook, if there's like somebody's trying to have an argument with somebody else, well, in real life, it'll go much smoother than on Facebook. I think it just like puts gas on the fire and creates like this, these crazy things sometimes. But it can be, it can be super helpful as well. It's just like, just like uh, exaggerates everything. I guess is what I'm trying uh, to say. Well, that's just it, man. Like, and everything can be used as. A tool everything can be medicine or poison for us so it's up to us how we choose to use it yeah, yeah. so yeah so why did you end up moving to squamish bc oh that's the million dollar question um yeah like i was saying earlier when we were uh weren't recording um i guess 2020 just like everybody else man the whole covid thing happened and I lost my job and it was just like, okay, I gotta, I just had a bunch of realization. Like I gotta start doing what I really like to do. Like I thought about, imagine like if the pandemic would have been much, much worse and we would start like losing loved ones and maybe us ourselves dying. And I was just like, you know what? Life is, life can be so unpredictable and so like fragile and we're so vulnerable that you don't want to spend your time doing something that's not worth your time and that you don't want to do all the time. So I just thought to myself, like, what are the things that I really enjoy doing? And one thing that's on the top of my list all the time is just riding bikes, really. <laughs> and so what happened is um, Squamish in British Columbia, it's kind of like the mecca of mountain biking. Um, it's where like, the, the majority of the pros that ride mountain bike live. Um, it's just it's it's just between Whistler and Vancouver, basically. 
So, yeah, there's like some of the best mountain biking trails in the world right here. And uh, it's always been a dream of mine to move here. I've I've visited a few times and uh, a few things happened over the summer where I was just like, you know what? I need to go out there. My, my One of my best friends just moved here as well. So I just said uh, whatever. And I took my van and drove for seven straight days. And here I am. It's been it's been about a month now. Oh man, that's I love that. That's such a classic story of kind of just saying, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do what I've always wanted to do and do what I love." And, and you did that. And you're an example of that. And you, you know, it's cool too because you're showing other people that it's possible. And I think if you keep that up, if you keep that mindset and that, you know, that thinking of following what you love and you know doing what you've always wanted to do, it's gonna bring you nothing but success not just with mountain biking, but with, with anything else you kind of put your mind to. So that's good, man. Like yeah, that. Exactly. Like it, 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 it brings, it definitely like brings out the best out of me anyway. Like, even though I'm not getting paid to ride bikes right now, or I'm not, uh, I can, I can always find like other opportunities just because I feel like I'm mountain biking is helping me becoming kind of like the best version of myself right i feel like i'm i'm in my element i'm i'm living kind of like my true self a little bit yeah really doing what i want to do i meet the right people i, I like the people i meet around here are just so like they're so like me that I, i've never experienced that and it's kind of crazy you know back home i was always like this weird kid that really likes to ride bikes and you know that uh everybody would just be like, get a career kid and you know, <laughs> something with your life or whatever. And it's just like, you know what? I, I think I'd, I've come to a point right now where I'd rather like live in a van and not have a shower and just ride bike as much as possible than to live in a fancy house and have a whatever normal nine to five job where I hate myself doing it. So, Hey, amen to that, man. You know, happiness is literally a state of mind and we can either put ourselves in our own prison by kind of, you know, succumbing to the treacheries of society and like choosing a job that we hate and working nine to five and just complaining about our daily life. Or we can realize that, you know, we are only in this body for so long and yeah. we have an opportunity to make the best of it and live life to the fullest and do things that make us happy or we can just live a life um, where we're just stuck inside and always kind of wish we had taken that step because you know what man there's probably so many people that have wanted to do what you did and haven't done it mm -hmm. like think think about that for a second and, and i was you, that guy you know i was that yeah. guy for a long time you know the past like seven years of my life, I'd be like sitting at home on a computer and just daydreaming about doing this all the time and just being like, oh, I need to do this. I need to get it out of my system. I need to live that adventure, meet those people. Do like, if I don't do it, I'll never know, you know, as risky as it is. I'll, if I don't do it, I'll never know. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, man. You know what's greater than any value that money can give is experiences so that's exactly what you're doing you know you pay for the mountain bike obviously but the experiences yeah. you have with it are priceless 
Yeah, totally, man. I uh, it's funny you say that. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday with uh, Mike Posner. You remember Mike Posner? Uh, I took a pill. No. You what? <laughs> the song I took a pill in Ibiza. Or, took a pill uh, in Ibiza. No, yeah, no. Or uh, you're uh, you think you're cooler than me? No, uh, you don't remember. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I, that song rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be like super famous, really rich. Um, had like big houses, big cars, and he just had a realization, man, that none of that was truly making him happy or healthier yeah. or more connected with people. Like he felt disconnected from everything. He felt like he was just trying to buy things all the time to make himself happier, and that, that never worked. Like at some point, he said he had like two hundred pairs of shoes. Um, some of them he didn't remember he had. <laughs> and uh, one day he just decided to kind of give all of that up and just went, drove away with like our little camper van that he bought on Craigslist and went to like the middle of the desert in Utah and just lived there for a few months <laughs> by himself. And that and he just kind of realized like, you know what, I'm living with absolutely or almost nothing but the bare necessities like food and water and shelter and being able to move and have conversations with people. And he was the happiest and the healthiest he's ever been. Right. So I think that's kind of a, a realization that even us as like mortals, I think we can, we can have. Whereas if you just chase the money, you know, there's so many good jobs out there where you can be like a banker or a lawyer or whatever and not really care about your work, but really care about the money you're making. But then after a certain point, man, that money isn't going to make you happy. You know? That's right. And, you know, there's lots of stories and cases where, you know, somebody might become a millionaire and then they'll realize that they're still not happy. And then they'll think, well, maybe I'm going to be happier when I have $10 million and they get $10 million and they realize they're still unhappy. And it's, it's, it's really the belief and the meaning we attach behind things because mm-hmm. we can be just as happy in living out of a van or driving a Toyota Corolla than we would driving a fancy new Tesla or BMW or, whatever or in a big house definitely man and like more often than not this is what you see like look at look in traffic man you you see people in like fancy cars like they're always they're seeking something you know they just want like they want to make more money they want more this they want faster 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 like and then they're 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 never satisfied never happy always have like high expectations always have you know and then if you just detach yourself from all of that, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, minimalism. Oh yeah. 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 It's something that I've been trying to practice for the past, maybe like four years now. It's something that really, really helped me mentally and physically um, to just simplify my life in general, you know, not only financially, because you just have like less things to buy, less thing to buy, but also like mentally and physically, you don't need to hold on to all that stuff. You know, if you have a BMW in the, in the driver, you always think like, okay, 
that car is worth like a hundred thousand dollars where I need to go drive it right now. You know, I need to do something with it. I need to work harder to pay it. I need, you know, there's always like that stress that comes with it. And if you don't have that, well, you just don't have that. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You know, I don't, I don't know what your point of view is on that, but well, man, I, at one point in my life, I actually, it's probably three years ago now. I went through this phase where I just felt like I had to get rid of everything I had. And I actually, well, maybe this is the time to share the story. So yeah, I'll I'll share a couple stories, actually (laughs) story time. (laughs) So this is the beginning of my, you call it weight loss journey, transformation journey, health transformation journey, you know, started in 2017. Now I started, like I had my huge realization in July, 2017. And then, or no, it was actually technically August. And then September is kind of when I started implementing it. Now, a few months before that I had to sell my SUV because I needed the money and it was like a little bit too much to fix or so I just yeah I sold it and then I was like you know what I've always heard the term mind over matter like it's about time I put it into practice and of course I that was back then when I still had all my you know health problems and I was overweight and my addictions and stuff and but I still did it man I put my mind to it and I ended up buying like a hybrid road bicycle and I lived in Riverview at the time, which is about from where I worked in Moncton, it was about a 17 kilometer bike ride. So I just started biking there to and from work. And, uh, big. yeah, it was like, when you're a big guy, like that was tough, man. I'll never forget how hard it was. And I was like smoking slash vaping at the time too. So my lungs would feel it too. And I would like take my puffer at, at asthma. I, rever- I don't have asthma anymore, but, I, I would like stop and take my puffer like while I'm biking and like then I would like take my, my puff of my vape after <laughs> just like I don't know it just made no sense it was ridiculous yeah. but anyway I was doing that that kind of introduced me to biking and a little bit to health I mean I still I was still eating like crap at that time in my life I was going back and forth between like trying different things but it wasn't really trying i tried like a bodybuilding eating protocol that my uncle did for a competition he won Mm -hmm. uh but like that eating protocol is like pretty drastic like even for me now and i have quite a lot of discipline with food these days but it just obviously didn't work and anyways going back to when i was biking to and from work and I kind of started to see like, Oh, you know, there's something to this. And deep down inside me, I always desired a change. And a few months later, there is a situation that happened that kind of showed me the reality of things, which I'll talk about on another podcast. But anyway, um, what I was going to get at was started to make all these changes. And I told my friends like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to change my life. And they were kind of like, yeah, yeah. And I actually started doing it, but, Part of that was I ended up actually buying a car and I still had my hybrid bicycle, but I wasn't using it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had put it on Facebook marketplace. 
back when Facebook Marketplace wasn't as big as it was now, because now it kind of almost overtook Kijiji, or it's like just on par with Kijiji, it seems. And so I put it on there, and nobody responded to me. I put it on there for four hundred bucks, which was a pretty good deal, honestly. And nobody responded. Months went by, and then I think two or three months went by, and some guy messaged me, and he was like, uh, "Hey man, can I buy this?" And I was for two hundred. And I was like, I don't know what state of mind I was in at the time, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> so I ended up, and he was like, well, I'm in like in St. John. And I'm like, well, I'll drive, I'll drive to you and give it to you. And St. John's like, for those who aren't in New Brunswick, that's about an hour and a half, two hours away, depending on how fast you drive. <laughs> and anyways, I ended up bringing it to him, and he was like so happy and so grateful when I dropped off this bicycle to him. Come to find out that he actually – had only been in Canada for a month. He was from Vietnam and he had a pretty hard life with like, his, you know, you know, living in a communist country and his family situation and stuff. And uh, so that felt pretty good. You know, that's why it goes to show like always give from the heart and give, give heartlessly and selflessly, heartlessly, <laughs> give selflessly to others. Cause you never know who it's going to impact. And it just so happened that it couldn't have went to a more perfect person. And so that was like the start of me giving stuff away. And I think it was because it felt so good. And it also felt good to just like go something and not have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, anyways, and I was living at my place and I already didn't really have that much stuff anyway. I, I think I ended up moving to this place in Chediac. And all I had was my car and I had a couple beds for my kids. The place was furnished. So I had a coach and stuff. It was a cheap little place in like a, a uh, sketchy area in Chediac and it, you know it was good rent and it was kind of a little cottage chalet to itself kind of like open concept type thing with just two little bedrooms and it was pretty small but it was nice did the trick and then I don't know one night I just was in this process of letting go of all these things in my life letting go of all these emotions and this trauma and like all the crap that we hold on to that's what caused me to gain the weight and use these substances as distractions the substances being marijuana alcohol and nicotine and you know tv and stuff like that and anyway it felt really good to kind of lighten the load so to say so to say and so i ended up deciding i was i'm gonna go like i had a leather jacket i had leather boots and I was like, you know, I want to give these to a homeless guy. I was starting to get cold. It was in mid-October, end of October type. It was a timeline. And uh, yeah, so I just want to go give this to a homeless person. And just because, you know, I was getting cold and I knew it would feel good to give. And I was feeling super inspired to do so. So I ended up setting out one night, told my friends and all well, two of my friends, Jordan Haley. If you're listening, hello. But <laughs> uh, they kind of said, hey, go down by the Delta Hotel. And that's, you know, you, you probably find there's somebody there that you might see that you want to give it to. So I did. But on my way there, I finished my shift at work. I was working at Massage Act at the time. And I had $30 in tips. And that was all I had left in my name. And 
probably had enough gas to get back and forth from Shediac. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop at Sobeys and get a, some, some healthy food. And I had my backpack that happened to be in the car. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him this backpack, put the food in it. And then I actually had some clean clothes and some toiletries, like toothbrush and deodorant and stuff that was like not used. I was like, I'm going to give all this to whoever's waiting for it. And I ended up putting it all in the bag, drove by the hotel by Main Street, and I ended up walking down the, a couple blocks and throughout the corner of my eye, or I guess technically it was just going around the corner a few blocks away, saw this guy carrying like a, he's wheeling a suitcase behind him, and I was like, that's the guy. I don't know what it was. Because I had passed by a few other homeless people, but for some reason, it just didn't feel like the one. Mm -hmm. And that guy I saw wheeling the suitcase felt like the one. So I sped up, turned the corner, met him in the alleyway. I was like, hey, man. He's like, hey. He kind of looked at me weird. And I was like, all I said was like, do you have a, do you have a home? And he's just kind of, his face dropped. And he was like, no, I don't actually. And Anyways, kind of long story short, like he ended up telling me a little bit of a story and I, I gave him the book bag of stuff right away. And he was like, so grateful. He was like, oh, you know, like I, I uh, was actually going to dumpster dive for some food here. And uh, last night I was about to kill myself. I was, on the, I was on the train tracks and I prayed for the first time in my life for help wow. and for somebody to come help me. And anyways, I was there, I showed up. I was like, well, yeah, here's your start, man. And so, and he thought I was going to leave after I gave him the book bag, but I was like, you know, I, I want to stay with you for the whole night. Cause I want to experience what it's like to be homeless. Cause I have this privileged life as a white person in Canada. Like I'm pretty freaking privileged. Mm. Like I, and I, I, just to add to that, like, I feel that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And when we are born with different assets and if we have more financial freedom than people, or if we're just more privileged in general in whatever way, like, I think we should, we need to use that to help others. Cause you know, I went to Cuba 2019 and just live a total different life there and they would kill or steal to get to live the lives we have here and they oh, do anything yeah. oh yeah and they do anything to try to come to canada so like the more we can just kind of adapt that mindset the better but anyway yeah. i stayed with him the whole night and i ended up giving him my leather jacket and leather boots winter boots that were all brand new he was so grateful he cried for the first time in a really long time, he said. And I talked to him the whole night and I just pretty much gave him as much wisdom and advice as I possibly could. And I listened to him, which is probably the thing that would help the most. Some people, some people just need to be heard. But it felt really good. And I, I actually, after that, I was like, I almost gave away my car. And I was like, yeah, no, I think I'll keep that because I got to be smart and true to things but i ended up having no phone i didn't barely had any clothes left to my name and i had all i had was these beds and i actually ended up 
not even having a home myself. And I, my friend ended up letting me crash on her floor due to financial circumstances because of my bad habits in the past, I was kind of just frivolous with money. I mm-hmm. couldn't afford to pay some bills and, it, and or fix my car. So it forced me to move out of the place. And I, I yeah, anyways, but I debated on getting my car, but it felt good. It felt really good to be that minimalist. And I actually, yeah. I'm going to stop my rant here in a second. I've been talk, <laughs> talking for a while. I do this sometimes. <laughs> good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, where was I going with this? Anyways, I, I gave away all my stuff and it felt really good. And it felt really good to be a minimalist. And I took it to the next level. And I actually, because I had my car, I went to the, I parked my beach somewhere in Plantachine in like a, a back, back country road and right next to the ocean. And I, I had been in a 24 hour fasted state without water, food or water for the first time. I think I fasted for the, for one day. And then the next day I fasted without food or water. And I just like, I didn't even do any research at this point. Like I didn't even know fasting was good for you. I just felt compelled to do it. So I did it and I locked myself in my car next to the ocean. <laughs> and I was just like, it was like one or two in the morning and I made myself stay there in complete silence with no electronics, nothing just for, for three hours straight, I think it was. And I w- forced myself to stay awake. So I was like see- sleep deprived fasting i'm surprised i wasn't seeing leprechauns dancing on my windshield (laughs) but it really like made me feel for the people in the world who live with absolutely nothing and who don't have food and who are who they face the reality of those sufferings every day yeah and so that was my long story short to add towards minimalism so that that's those are my thoughts on that (laughs) <laughs> you uh you brought up a really good point there i find that uh oftentimes like it's it's definitely a first world problem that we're having like you're saying like there's definitely more people that have a lot less than us that are in much much more miserable situations than us right of course but one thing that's really prevalent that it really happens a lot in the in the rich countries is that we put up so so much emotional value onto stuff like you were saying like and that that leads to not only emotional value on stuff but emotional value on food and on certain drugs like you were saying like uh alcohol and nicotine and marijuana and uh you keep thinking that you're never going to be able to live without these things right and it kind of comes back to, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the Stoic philosophy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, where if you don't, if you're not dependent on anything and you're detached from that physical world type of deal, then if tomorrow morning you crash your car or you lose your car or whatever happens, well, you're not going to be crying for hours and hours and hours, you know. You're just going to be like, hey, this happened to me. I don't know why. There's no re- good explanation for this. Let's let's move on. Let's find a solution and keep going, right? Just like if something crazy good happens to you, you're not going to be like, 
I'm the king of the world and I can destroy everything and, you know, I have so much power or whatever. Um, and I think that's a good state to be in, really, if you can detach yourself kind of like from that physical environment and just be be stoic, really. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, especially in this day and age, because a lot of people deal with anxiety and worries and fears. And, and I'm sure this has helped you with the stoic philosophy because the, for those who don't know the stoic philosophy is really just like like you said is detaching from objects and detaching from scenarios so that when basically when bad things happen you can you recognize that life has ups and downs yeah and you accept that and you accept that when bad things happen that it's okay because you know it's going to pass you know it's temporary and you know it's just going to make you stronger and bring you to where you need to be and that all is really okay as it actually is. Yeah. And the worst thing that can ever happen is probably death and death is inevitable. It'll happen someday. So yeah. just gotta, just gotta accept those things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about anxiety. Um, I don't know if it's a good time to talk about my struggles. Yeah. Throw, <laughs> throw some insight in, man. We want to hear it. All right. I, uh, I've never actually shared this on an interview or podcast or online or anything because, you know, Instagram and what, whatnot, you always want to put your uh, your best self forward so you don't talk about your struggles really. But, uh, yeah, when I was really young, I had, like, maybe in the second, third grade, I just started having extreme anxiety. Um, at first, you know, it was kind of like, Everyone around me, like my parents and doctors, they had a hard time. I didn't want to sit in the chair all day. You know, I, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to take the bus. These things didn't really make sense to me. Like being in a classroom, being told what to do, and, you know, sitting down, head down. Um, and at that time, I guess that's when the whole mountain biking thing really started for me because I would come back home from school and just start building random jumps with, like, random wood that my dad had in the backyard and escape and I remember when doing that I didn't uh, I didn't feel any anxiety you know like when I was just a second I'm sorry to cut you off but uh, say that start over from when you said you started making random jumps I'm going to cut that part out because there is a lag that's what, yeah, I saw my computer said, like, my connection was unstable. Yeah. Okay, then uh, that's the thing. Like, I was doing random, I was uh, coming back home from school, making little jumps from my uh, dazzled wood in the back. And um, it just kind of, like, it was just kind of the thing where I wasn't really anxious while, while I was doing those things. Even if I was like in a kind of like stressful situation where I was, I needed to go over this certain jump or whatever. And everybody was like stressed out. I was, I was never anxious for those type of thing. I felt like it was a good, good kind of anxiety, a good kind of stress. So anyway, time went by and um, I had like major problems. I would, I would meet with psychologists um, in school and um, around like, fifth grade um i had this teacher that really helped me she put me aside and she was like you know what we're going to talk about this every time you feel 
like you're super anxious, uh, just let me know. We're going to talk about it. And that really helped me. And over, just to make like a uh, long story short, over the years, um, I kind of like had a lot less anxiety up to the end of high school where I didn't really recognize it, but all the stuff like graduating high school, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I had a job at that time. I was applying for university, for college, and all my friends were doing different things. I was about to move away from my parents' place. Um, and all that subconscious, subconsciously affected me so much that I had a panic attack at, at work. And that was the first time that that ever happened to me. I didn't understand it. It was like 30 minutes of, oh, shit, I'm going to die. I didn't know what was going on with me. I wanted to, like, puke and cry and scream and run. And I, I had no clue what was going on. I kind of fell on the floor, like, almost passed out. And uh, I went to the doctor the next day. And he was, today's day, I think, like, he's, he's a really good doctor because the first thing he asked me is, like, are you stressed with anything right now? And to me, like, I thought I had like a heart, a heart attack or something. So he was yeah. just like, he was just like, are you stressed? And I was like, no, he's like, what are you, what do you plan on doing next year? So we start talking about that. And then, um, he just said, maybe, maybe it's anxiety, you know? So he gives me like this little bottle of pills. And he's like, if you ever get anxious again, take these. So I bring them back home and I kind of made a pact with myself that I was never going to take any of those pills. Right. Mm. And so that's when my like struggle started again, where I had more and more panic attacks. Um, even though I was trying to be a lot healthier, I was eating a lot better than I ever would. would I was going to the gym pretty much every day. But I was still neglecting a lot of things that I think really make someone ha uh, healthy. And so, yeah, over the years, I got prescribed, I think, up to five times for antidepressants, and I never took them. That was like kind of like the story of my life at the time where I didn't know what to do with myself, and I would just go to the doctor, and she'd be like, look, take these, and you'll feel better. And I was just like, never. I'm never going to take these. So it took me like maybe four years, I'd say, overall um, to do kind of like a lot of searching on my end and a lot of experimentation to see what worked and what didn't. And I read a lot of books and did a lot of yoga and changed the way I slept and changed a bunch of things, even my nutrition again. And one book that really really made a big difference uh was the power of now by eckhart tolle yeah i've heard that's a good book yeah it's a super good book man it just it kind of blew my mind the first time i i listened to it because i i took an audiobook version but uh when he was saying like the first few times that you know there's no such thing as as past or future they're just like it's just our minds that make that up all there is is the present moment right Oh, exactly. And so, and so, yeah, that kind of like led me on to this path 
of finding other ways to be healthier um, without just having the best nutrition or the best fitness program. Yeah. And like we were talking before the podcast, that's when I started doing the uh, figuring out the, the six kind of pillars, I would say. Yeah, health. yeah. Yeah. Let's hear that. That we haven't found a, a word for yet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Oh, the six key things that you keep in mind for your daily life, like your sort of mantras or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, all all the time. Yeah. So the first two are the first two obvious, which are nutrition and movement. And all the six that I'm going to name right here are all connected. And we can talk about that after. And I think it's pretty mind blowing when you think about it. Um, the third one, which I think is just as if not more important than the first two is sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, if you've ever heard anything from uh, Matthew Walker, the neurologist who's like a sleep scientist, he will blow your mind on how important sleep is. Oh, it totally not is. Like not just the, the, the amount of time you sleep, but the quality of that sleep. Yeah. Um, the fourth one is something that we also don't think about too much, but it's kind of like your relationship with the natural world. Um, if you spend all your time indoors or in a concrete jungle, your nervous system is not at the same place that it would be if you were if you were in a forest or looking at a waterfall or see there there have been studies of people running in cities or running in a forest and even though they did the same amount of kilometers in the same type of run, that running in the forest was a lot better for them mentally and physically than running in the concrete jungle. Oh, oh yeah. It's the same as me taking the trail to work versus taking the roads. Like you totally just know, know and feel the difference. There's no, yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to measure that. It's just like one of those things, you know, common you know, sense. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, the fifth one would be and that one was one of the most important one for me actually when i kind of realized this whole thing it's uh the relationship you have with other people so i was at a point where i would neglect that because i would think that i'm not going to go out friday night to eat a pizza or have a burger with my friends i'm going to stay at home and eat my quinoa salad you know but then I kind of realized that, and there has been studies on that showing as well, that if you're out by the beach with your friends, beautiful sunset, and you're eating a McDonald's hamburger, you're going to digest that hamburger better than if you were in your car driving and drinking kale smoothie, which is kind of mind-blowing because we're told that, you know, it's all about, you know, nutrition and whatever you put in your body, which is a big part of it for sure, but you have to be careful to not just focus on calories or macros or whatever you put in your body. You also have to factor in your the lifestyle factors around that. Yeah, food's something that bring us brings us together, and like we're me it's meant to be shared amongst people. Shared. Yeah, and it totally affects the way you eat. Like that's like actually a huge thing, man. Yeah, yeah. You're more, and, a lot more grateful. You digest better. Yeah. Um, just everything is better about it. 
Yeah, you know, they say the quality of our life is the quality of our relationships too. So mm. it's like a, a good I think I heard that from Tony Robbins first. Um, and then the last one, or the sixth one rather, is the the relationship you have with yourself. Oh yeah. Um, which is also really important. And then now that I've named all six, we can start to have fun and try to figure out if, if you neglect one of these six, what happens? Well, let's say tomorrow morning you had a bad night of sleep. You just didn't sleep well at all. You had maybe like three or four hours or whatever. You wake up, you have coffee you're not going to be, you're not going to nourish your body properly because you're going to make worse decisions. You're tired. You're going to reach for something that, you know, you're, you're not going to do the right thing, obviously, because you're, you're making worse decisions because you're tired. Right. And then you didn't eat right. Then you feel a little less better than you would have. So you're maybe not going to move as much. And then if you don't move as much, then you don't get out of the house. So you stay inside or you stay at work or whatever, or, or in your car. So you don't have that relationship with nature. And then maybe all of that brings that you're not going to meet other people throughout that day because you're going to be a little grumpier because of everything that happened prior to that. And then it all leads to you being like kind of pissed off about yourself and not knowing why. And maybe, and maybe reaching for, I don't know, alcohol or cigarettes or uh, t- binging TV or binging food or whatever. Trying Stimu- to that pain. Yeah, or stimulants for some people or whatever that may be. Yeah. Or you might beat yourself up and be like, you know, because somebody might even be aware of this and be like, oh, like I'm so upset because I didn't get a good sleep. So that affected my nutrition and my movement and my and the nature and my nervous system and my relationships. And, you know, that, that's all going to come back to you if you beat yourself up over it. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's definitely a learning, learning process because even though I personally know all those six things, there's some morning that I wake up and I feel like shit and I'm just like, why do I feel like this? Right. And then I start, you know, trying to self-diagnosing myself. Like what, what did I do yesterday? What, you know, what did I eat? Um, how did I sleep? Uh, I, have I been spending too much time with myself, too much time inside? And I feel like it's definitely not something that has to be perfect and that uh, you don't want to, like, be, you know, a perfectionist about this and trying to make everything, you know, uh, be super uptight about this. It's, it's sort of like if you keep all of those things in mind, then you have a way better idea of what health is all about and how to be a lot healthier, I think. I think that's really good, man. And I'll probably actually use that the way you broke it down there to talk to people and use it as a reference with people I coach and just teach and stuff. Because, um, I mean, I always talk about how everything's connected. And as a massage therapist, like, I explain to people, like, you know, your hip hurts because you have knee problems and everything's connected type thing. And, and I always try to use different analogies and stuff, but that's a really good one. Like one thing affects another and just 
in the same way how we do one thing is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that term before? Yeah, no, but it, it definitely does make sense. Yeah, so I mean, if we half-ass, let's say, clean our kitchen or something, you know, chances are we're going to half-ass something else yeah. in our life. So it's important to kind of put pride into everything we do. Be, yeah, yeah love what we do. And just to be clear with everyone, um, all those six things are pretty much, other than maybe nutrition, are six things that are free, you know, that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Absolutely. The best things in life are free. You know, the best supplement is actually not eating. It's called fasting. <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe that as well. And it's the sort of thing where I think everyone gets caught up into the whole marketing thing where, you know, this whole health industry is now trying to sell a million types of different products. You know, you uh you need a fucking BCAA and this and a pre-workout and a this and a that and a protein shake and a this and it never ends. And yeah. it's just like, it turns out that first of all, you don't need any of that stuff. Um, some of that stuff may be more doing more harm than good. And then it's just going to empty your pockets early. And what, the, what does it do when it empty your pockets? Well, you have to work more. And what does working more means? It probably means sleeping less and spending less time with the people you care about and spending less time moving and spending less time uh, making good food. So it's just like a, a never-ending... Oh, yeah. You know, like a vicious circle that people That's get into all the time, you know? Man, some of these guys are like taking handfuls of supplements uh, and they're just promoting the ones that they sell and like they're getting people to take this and they're saying like oh like god bless you dave asprey but dave asprey is one of them he takes hand handfuls of uh supplements and he markets the supplements that he sells and i met somebody once i won't say his name but he i met him in person and he i ended up talking to him and he knows dave asprey he's friends with him and he's been on this podcast a few times and we got talking I told him a little bit about my history and journey and he, I don't know how we got talking about the keto diet and not to call Dave Asprey out or anything, but he said, Dave Asprey is an expert marketer. Well, of course, you know. And I was like, like, cause I was like talking about the keto diet. And so he kind of glorifies the keto diet, which, you know, does have some benefits for some people if used for a short period of time during these certain periods, but it's not an end-all cure-all. Neither is taking a bunch of supplements. Want to know how I lost 115 pounds and reversed all my health problems? I became my own medication. I became the placebo. I became my own placebo. I read. A, I actually read a book called uh, You Are the Placebo by Joe Dispenza. That was actually after I kind of realized that I already was my own placebo and how the mind plays such a... yeah. That must be a freaking good book. I remember being so fascinated about the placebo effect growing up, like in my teenage years. And I watched a documentary where, I don't know if you've ever watched it, they did a knee surgery on people with ACL problems, right? And there were like two separate groups. One of them where they actually did the surgery, reconstruction surgery in their knees, 
And the yeah. other group where they didn't do the reconstruction, they just did uh, incision, you know, to make it look, make it seem like they did, they had. And it uh, turns out those two groups um, recovered just the same and had better knees after that surgery, no matter if they got the surgery done or not. Just by the act, simple act of thinking that you had that surgery done, you need yeah. quicker, which is crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. He actually talked about that in his book. And I, you know, I read those things and I was like, well, yeah, like this makes, this doesn't surprise me at all because it's, it's kind of all around us and the placebo effect has always existed. There's also the thing called the nocebo. We, if we think the opposite, if we, we're thinking negative, like, you know, oh, I'm injured, I'm injured, oh, I'm old, I'm old. Our body responds to our mind because our body is a mind. Our brain is one and the same with our body. It's yeah. not separate. No, it's and not so connected, man. It starts to respond. You know, I've had a complete ACL tear and I re-injured it for a second time. And the second time I actually got nerve damage. I must have, you know, messed some shit up in there because I damaged my sterile nerve and I was like, I couldn't walk properly because there was a certain it impaired my motor function mm -hmm. of that the muscles that was attached to the sterile nerve, which is on the outside, the lateral part of your leg, and like calf and all the all the way down the side of the foot, and yeah, it messed me up. Anyways, I I kept this in mind. I was like, I tell myself I am a placebo, and I would each pain i would feel in my knee i would i would think that is just a signal that my knee is healing yeah and i would do everything i would take ice baths i would constantly just like talk to my knee almost and man i have no pain i have full range of motion i can run now i can jump I, and my my shoulder i was telling you earlier i, I just i lost the count of the amount of times i dislocated it like I have full range. I don't have any pain. I can do CrossFit. Like, no problem. And I honestly attribute that to my mind. Like, because, number one, even if somebody thinks the placebo effect is bullshit, the fact is, if you have that mindset, it's still going to bring you towards things that are going to actually better your knee. It's going to... Because it brought me to eat better. It brought me to do crazy Wim Hof stuff, which is scientifically proven to have benefits. Mm -hmm. it, it, it brought me to be a better person. It brought me to just be in a better mental state in general. On top of, I think it actually played a role in speeding the healing and healing it properly. So, you know? That's very interesting, man. And I, I think if we... Imagine if we learned that from a, a young age and practice as a society. Like, I think crazy things are possible because the body has the ability to heal itself. We just have to take away what's causing, what's making it sick. Yeah. And just let it be. And that's when it heals itself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. Western medicine, like, that's definitely not, not their approach. You know, they. They, they're not getting formed in that way. You know, they're getting formed in the way of, okay, if the, pa the patient has a problem, he has a symptom, I have a pill that I can give him, or maybe an alternative uh, 
you know, way of doing things like, uh, like oh yeah, exactly, physiotherapy or whatever. Because I remember going to the doctor once, like maybe six years ago with back pain. You know, I was like nineteen, and uh, the doctor said, "I'm gonna give you, you know, some type of crazy painkiller right away." And I was just like, "Can I just get?" Uh, can I just go see a physiotherapist? And he said, I don't believe in uh, soft medicine. <laughs> and I was just like, what, what is this? You know, what, you know, you're going to give a crazy painkiller to a 19 year old. Are you absolutely out of your mind? You know, yeah, like, what and, you reality know, am I living in? <laughs> and I, you know, I have compassion for these, for these doctors because I know they see like so many patients and, They don't have like time to think for themselves and they see crazy stuff all the time. So they're definitely uh, in their own, they have their own problems, right? Of course. Yeah, so that's doctor, unreal. Yeah. So this doctor was about to give, oh yeah, the aviator is nice. Yeah. Oh man, I look like a creepy 80s guy. So I just, I, for those who are just listening to this, I put on my blue light blocking glasses. And they look like cheesy 80s aviators, but like the aviator glasses, like not shaded. So it looks pretty funny. But I, I, I actually bought them from creating a YouTube series, a comedy YouTube series, and then they're for my character. So <laughs> anyway, just to finish that story. Um, yeah, I have like I have a lot of compassion, though, for those doctors because they see crazy stuff on a daily and they don't have time to process it and they just like they're just caught up into this you know practice where they don't have time to like sit you down and tell you everything that you have to do they're just like hey i want you to get out of my office here's a paper that's it you know and i've been yeah. at that point so many times with like the antidepressant like i was telling you and a few other times where i went and uh there was this one pretty crazy time as well where That kind of messed me up. I uh, I was in like I, what I think was one of the best shapes of my life, and the doctor calculated my BMI and said that I was close to being obese, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> without even looking at me, you know. And I had like visible abdominal abs, and it's just like I was like, okay, yeah, like you know, you 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 did a little. Um, <laughs> equation there, and you try, you know, you figured out that I was close to being overweight or obese or whatever, but you know, it's not the case. I don't know. It was weird anyway. Oh man, that's unreal. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Did you just have like a sweater on or something? Like, yeah, I just had a sweater on. He didn't look at me. It was just like, oh yeah, you should should be careful about what you eat, bud. And I was like, do you know me at all? <laughs> 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 yeah, so, yeah, you know, they don't have the time. Well, some of them don't have the time to, like, research and learn these different things. Some of them don't take the time, and some of them are just ignorant. So Yeah, it's, it's also, like I'm saying, like, it, I do have a lot of compassion for them because they learn yeah. so many things to save people's lives that they're not formed to um, prevent that much. They're really formed to act whenever shit's going really bad and they need to save your life you know exactly man you know as a massage therapist i hear of everybody's different health problems and health journeys that they've been through and it always comes down to let's say they're trying to heal of some crazy health problem they 
I've heard so many stories about them trying pretty much everything within Western medicine. It was, it was only when they started doing alternative therapies like massage therapy, or I actually had one client, she went to Mexico and got like, I think it was scorpion venom for some condition. I, I, I forget the condition, but they went and got scorpion venom to treat it. Like that's just unreal. And it, they, it worked. It was the only thing that worked. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, Western medicine's great. Like it, I personally think it's great for emergencies. It is. Yeah. And it's great for research yeah. uh, and measuring. But as far as like actually healing stuff, I think alternative therapies is the way to go because it gets to the root. And the only way to actually heal something is to get to the root. Yeah. You know, if you, have, if you have anxiety or trauma, you get to the root, you get psychotherapy in whatever way. You go to the point where the trauma was created, you face it, and then you change the way you see it. Yeah. And that, I, uh, that, that's like the way with our health and the physical too. Yeah. I have uh, I read a book once that had a theory about all of that stuff was said um, like modern medicine and modern hospitals were created not to keep people healthier, but to bring people back to work as quick as possible. So the people who had like um, big companies and stuff, when their workers got sick or got injured, they just wanted their workers to get back to work as quick as possible. So they funded, you know, th these type of stuff with the government to try to, you know, I, Every time I say the word government, it feels like conspiracy theory. But, <laughs> but, what, but what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, it's like kind of a system that is really, um, you're just a number, really. You know, you're just there to, you know, try, they're, they're just trying to make you get back to work or get back in society as quick as possible. You know, they're not going to take the longer route if there is a longer route, you know, which is, which is unfortunate. Yeah, man. Well, that's a, that's exactly how that it is. I mean, that's the truth right there. And whether it was deliberately created to be that way or whether it was just part of our experience of having to mess up before we create something better, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's one of those two, I mean, the fact remains it's still here and we got to do something to change it. And uh, that's kind of what, well, I guess that's what I do as a massage therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work, really. work towards that. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of found your way out of your anxiety through you know, mountain biking and the other stuff you mentioned. You said you started to read books and do yoga and kind of develop these practices. You were sort of like cultivating these different things, like cultivating you know, your strength physically and you started to, you know, expand your mind by reading more and kind of do the opposite of working out and work in through yoga. And that ended up being sort of your medicine in a way. Hey, no, it totally did. Yeah, it totally did. It, uh, it was also a thing where I kind of saw people, you know, like older people, maybe their 50s, 60s, and 70s, that I told myself, I want to look like them, you know. Like, if you see somebody, and that's always something that I think everyone should 
should be careful or mindful about like if you see someone that's where you would like to be in a few years i mean you can ask you pick pick their brain you know ask some questions trying to figure out what they did um to get there right to see what kind of behavior they had to be healthy or to look like that or to be happy at that age right and i think that uh throughout that whole journey that's kind of what i did i looked at people who were older than me and trying to figure out like if people that who went through the same struggles as i did and trying to figure out like what what worked for you what didn't work um and uh yeah that's that's just what i tried to do i tried to experiment with a lot of things until i found what really worked for me and to this day i mean of course i still struggle with it from time to time but it's not even close to what it was when i was younger and it's also like we were saying if you live according to your values and ethics and if you feel like you're in, in your element it's really hard to be anxious you know exactly you're sort of becoming self actualized if you ever seen the maslow's hierarchy of needs Yeah. You're kind of living up to your full potential which is infinite really and and if we have to realize that if we want to get out of these ruts because that's that's what I did and that's what many other people have did and so a lot of people teach these days too and you know if I think it's really good that you looked up towards an older people who maybe have lived a similar life but like maybe they're they're healthier and they they look good and they look younger and they they feel good and they're living the life they love. Well, the thing to oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that when we want to achieve something like for when it comes to weight loss for example, if you want to learn how to do it, find somebody who's who's already been down that road and learn from them. Like me for example or and i could also talk about the age thing like if you want to feel younger and be younger you got to have a young mind oh yeah that's definitely one thing for sure yeah yeah uh, what uh, were you going to say i was going to say another thing is that really i think plays a big role in helping my anxiety and stuff is that uh, I don't drink coffee or alcohol. So no caffeine, no alcohol and I think that I have maybe <laughs> I maybe have a bit of a sinus view on uh caffeine in general. Like I think yeah. it's pretty bad for for most people and in, in most situations especially in in the western world because You know, let's say let's say you're in uh I don't know if you're familiar with the blue zones. Yeah, know, where people, you know, there's a the most amount of people who live beyond 100 years old, you know, the he- the healthiest people in the world basically. Yeah. Uh, and one could argue, you know, these people drink coffee and alcohol. True. But the problem is with our western world is that over there whenever they wake up they drink coffee they're surrounded by other people they're taking their time they're not rushing to work they're not rushing to do something you know 
they're breathing in, they're soaking up in the sun, drinking a little bit of coffee. They slept good, um, and they're they're going to do something kind of like meaningful or at least something that's not causing them chronic stress, at least. Compared to here, what we do with caffeine is we're too tired in the morning or too tired in the afternoon, so we'll, we'll drink coffee, right, to try to bring it up. And all it does is it doesn't wake you up. All it does is it makes you think that you're not sleepy, that you're not tired. But you're still making the same decisions you would if you were tired. Your body's function are the same as you were if you were tired. And if you're tired, your body is literally telling you the best thing you can do right now is go to bed and sleep. Literally. There's no other clearer signal than that. You know, your body needs to work on itself, to regenerate some stuff, to whatever it needs to do, right? Exactly, man. I, I honestly don't feel caffeine should be a supplement. I think it should be an ornament. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, and not just caffeine, but anything else in life. Because, like, I, I didn't drink for, like, 13 months or whatever. And I don't... I'll, you know, I can confidently say, like, and I don't say this with any sort of pride in, in a condescending way, like, I'll, I just will never get drunk again. Like, I just don't feel yeah. the need. I don't feel compelled. Like, I just, I'll have a craft IPA or yep. uh, one glass of organic wine, and I enjoy the culinary experience of it. it. It's an ornament to my life. It's not a supplement. It's not supplementing my happiness the happiness is already there it is with the friends i'm with it is with you know the meal we're sharing together it is not the the food or the caffeine or the alcohol or whatever else itself you know what i mean that, that's a very good point man um and it it brings me to the alcohol which is kind of the same thing you know one could have the argument that in those blue zones, they do drink a bunch of alcohol all the time, but it's they're not doing it in the same way that we would out here, right? Exactly. Uh, they're, they're not doing it to soothe their pain. They're not doing it because they had a big day at work and they just want to get drunk by themselves. They're not doing it because they want to forget about a bunch of stuff. Um, they're doing it because they're drinking a glass of wine around a, a amazing meal or a campfire, and they're just talking with their best friends, right? Exactly. Here you see, like, I, I, I hear so many stories of people drinking themselves to sleep, you know, in, on weekdays, you know. You I know, used to be like, like that. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you're not alone. Like, you were not alone. Like, there's so many people like that. And to me, that's really scary, man, because you get into that vicious circle again where you just go into a job you don't really kind of like, but you still do it. And then as soon as you get home, you know that something's not right. So you try to feel numb. So either you're going to eat something that's not too good or do something that's not too good for you or drink yeah. alcohol. And then you just... It li gotta, limits your potential. Yeah, it does, man. And then you just got to go back to that same job because you got to pay for that alcohol. And it's just like a whole fucking cycle that never ends. And people get stuck in yeah. that cycle all the time, man. Sometimes I just want to shake people and be like, you, you don't need this, right? 
if you don't have, like you were saying, if you don't have any reasons to get drunk, you're not going to get drunk. Yeah, because here, here people do it to escape. It's done for social lubricant. It's done because they have unresolved trauma and issues that they're not dealing with. And when you, even if you're not even, you don't even have any serious issues, like drinking, it's much easier to grab a bag of chips or order pizza when you have a few glasses of, uh, of wine or beer into you than it is without it. Of course. And right? of it, course. I, think, I, I think drugs and alcohol can, prevents you from becoming self-actualized. And I'm not demonizing them because, I, like I said, I mean, I'll have a glass of wine as an ornament to my culinary experience. But that's about it. And I mean, I honestly, I drink coffee and I love, I love coffee. Like I love the taste of it. I'm the type of person. I love strong flavor. I like curry. I like spicy food. I like dark chocolate. I like coffee. If I, if I drink tea, I like the strong, like chai tea. Like that's just, that's just how I am. Like I, I eat raw radishes. I was eating raw garlic when I was a kid. I like strong flavors. Now I actually didn't drink coffee for a while and I started drinking it and I was like, oh man, I like the. Like I just I miss this. Like I love the flavor. Like it's a good experience for me. Um, but once it starts to become a supplement, I think that's when we should kind of kick back a bit. But for a lot of people, I mean, coffee is just a supplement. I mean, Tim's Tim Hortons coffee. I'm sorry, but it sucks. <laughs> and if you're getting Tim's coffee, it's because you need it. <laughs> you need it to function to get through your day. And you need to like focus on the six things you talked about. That's how you truly get through your day. The nutrition, the movement, the sleep, the nature, the quality relationships and the relationship with yourself. Yeah. And the, re the relationship, the relationship with yourself, I believe also includes the way we talk to ourselves. If you don't talk to yourself, you should start because it's crazy that you don't <laughs> and you got, <laughs> cause you got to have positive self-talk and you got to like pet, you got to give yourself pep talk sometimes. And yeah. you know, you know but what I mean? Not to be delusional, but sometimes, yeah, you gotta be, you know, okay, yeah. I can do this. You know, I, you have to believe in yourself a little bit if you want to achieve a few things here and there. That's sure. right, man. You know how it is. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you uh, as a, casual mountain biker as myself who's like afraid to hit those crazy jumps not even afraid i just don't even know how um but i you know i also try to do be extra careful on the trails because of my previous injuries i don't want to re-injure anything yeah. and man uh, you've probably been to white rock like i you know i've seen some freaking slopes that are like they're like straight down. I'm like, how do people go down those? <laughs> so what would you tell a mountain biker? I mean, if there's anything you could give me for advice, what would you give without having actually showing me anything? Um, I think there's like two important aspects. Um, there's definitely one that is how much practice you actually get on the bike. Like I've been riding bike for so long that it, I'm more agile on a bike than I am on my feet, which is kind of crazy. Like when I'm on the bike, I feel like it's second nature to me. Like I don't, it, it's kind of like crazy to explain, but feels like I'm one with the bike. Like I'm so, I know where everything is. I know how my brake works. Like everything is just, you know, and I don't even think about it. We were talking about the power of now, but you really get into that now and you don't think about anything. Yeah. But uh, the second part is definitely like your equipment, you know, the bikes they make nowadays. Like if you have 
a thousand dollar bike versus a ten thousand dollar bike well it is it is going to make a big difference in your progress which is oh really uh, it's pretty sad but uh it's definitely not going to make you have i don't know more fun like you can definitely have a lot of fun on a thousand dollar bike um but if you want to take it to the next level you may have to uh get a bit of a better bike eventually or something man you ever watch that guy on youtube i forget his name but my barber jeff doherty by the way if anybody's in moncton and wants a great haircut jeff doherty in review <laughs> shout out i go mountain biking with him anyway he he uh puts on mountain biking videos he probably actually puts on some of yours because he said he knew he knew who you were when i told him i was gonna have you in my podcast okay because he watches mountain biking videos but anyways he watches this one guy and he's like this guy's british and he'll buy walmart bikes and take him down these like intense trails and tracks, and just well, like just to Paul, prove it, all the punter. Uh, yeah, probably, and just to prove that you can have fun. Yeah, he lives with, here. With he lives here in Squamish. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know him? Uh, my roommates have lived with him, so they they told me about him. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome! <laughs> yeah, he, he's just like living the life, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he does, man. He just does those crazy videos like that. Like the, I think he took like a, a, a six hundred bucks like Walmart bike and brought it down Whistler or something. <laughs> just oh man, that's that. unreal! I love that. Uh, I think we actually watched that one, honestly, just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my battery is at ten percent, so what i it lasts long it's an iphone uh this yeah, is a, we can wrap this, this up man i'm sure we have like an hour or something now oh yeah man we got enough time but is there anything else you wanted to add or talk about before we wrap it up um good question i'm just gonna check i had some little notes here that i took um, i wanted to talk to you maybe about um, just about nutrition in general. Like, I want to know, uh, and I'm going to tell you mine after, but I want to know, like, your nutrition philosophy, kind of what you're what you're into and what uh, what works. I know you you always talk about um, fasting for sure, and then you've lost a lot of weight, so you're definitely in a cal- calorie defi- deficit for sure. So I want to yeah. know, like, what kind of food are you uh, prioritizing in your diet? Well, I I went through about every diet on my journey, and I I suffered with a lot of digestive problems like leaky gut, intestinal permeability. I had autoimmune reactions like rosacea and skin problems and stuff. And yeah, like I I actually ended up started off vegetarian, then I was vegan for a while, and then through my own research and just in life you meet people who teach you certain things i started to connect how and learn how the well first i learned about the gut brain connection how the you know are the food affects our brain and our digestive system and i also discovered a lot about like plants and most importantly seeds nuts legumes grains all that stuff, which are seeds, which are plant babies, which have a defense mechanism. Nature protects its babies by having these like lectins and phytic acid, which are the you know the chemicals that sort of the plant has to protect itself. And so when we eat a lot of grains, 
it ends up causing a digestive dis- discomfort. We're actually supposed to sprout and ferment our food. That's the best, most optimal way to eat grains. Now, I actually ended up, I, I didn't even want to eat meat again. I'm going to do a whole podcast on this another time, but so I'm just going to give you a, a glimpse of it. But I didn't want to eat meat again, but I ended up researching about grass-fed beef and pasture-raised animals and stuff and how they're better for you. And bone broth. I had bone broth before the podcast tonight. And anyway, I kind of accepted the fact that I had to eat animals again if I wanted to heal my gut, pretty much. Because everything was like, cut out grains, eat easily digestible foods and healthy fats and omega-3s and stuff. And so I did, and I felt way better. I was able to clear up the rest of my health problems. My, my digestive system healed. The food sensitivities I had reversed, and I was able to start eating food like, that I couldn't eat before once again. And then I was ended up being keto, and then I, you met Olivier. He's been carnivore for over a year now. I tried that. Not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I was getting into was how I learned that all food is good in moderation if we mm-hmm. get it from the right best possible source mm-hmm. and if we prepare it in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm all about that. I do believe in fasting. I do think that's good. I think it's good for everybody to experience if they're – like most people can fast. It's, it's rare that people can't, but it's, it happens. Talk to your doctor if you want to try yeah, it. Obviously. Apparently, with uh, apparently with women, it's uh, it's a little different when they fast because I'm not sure. I think it's something to do with their hormones. Yeah, they, yeah, it's um, their hormones. It's like not that healthy. Yeah, not that healthy for them to fast. But, yeah, uh, men, men definitely something healthy to do. And when they say that, they mean like it's not healthy for women to fast for extended periods for like long periods of time for like, uh, you know, months or years on end. Yeah, yeah, multiple day fast, yeah. Yeah, but like there's moderation for everything. So, I'm, you know, I've learned moderation. Everything's good. I I've also think that diets can be used as tools. For people yeah. like I think I think the keto diet can have like benefits because when you're in the keto diet, like when you're in ketosis, you're not hungry. Like you're not thinking about food, you're not looking for that dopamine fix through the through the carbohydrates. Um, I believe yeah. in carbohydrates, I believe in fiber, I think it's good for you. I feel better when I eat a variety of everything. I like to yeah. go I like to go into ketosis when I like and entering a fast, it's just it's just easier to enter a fast when you follow a keto diet. But that's pretty much it for me, man. Like, without going into huge detail, what about you? Man, I think you're at the same spot as me, whereas uh, you'll never make a million bucks selling your diet philosophy because it's just like it's not it's it's nothing extreme, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're not selling any supplements. You're not selling anything extreme. Uh, and yeah, fasting is free. You're never gonna be able to sell something about fasting, and that's that's kind of the way I've been uh, eating as well. In terms of like, I've spent a lot of years 
when I was, you know, at the end of high school, I'm 25 right now. So the end of high school is like seven years ago. I was eating, I thought anyway, the best way to eat was like eat rice and chicken and broccoli every meal, you know, with eggs in the morning, just doing that old, good old bodybuilding diet. And uh, eventually I kind of realized that uh, I needed a lot more stuff than that, you know, a lot more variety. And um, I've I, I've done kind of like you did there. I've, I've went back and forth on all types of diets and then for the past like five years I've just been doing this thing where I know what my body likes and dislikes that's number one um, I know that my body does really well on a lot of fish um, probably because my grandpa was a fisherman at some point oh cool um, I like that so it's probably like in my you know heritage um, genetics and um I do well on a lot of fish, uh, lots of fruits and vegetables as well, and uh, lean meats as well. I try to stay away from processed foods as much as I can. Um, so a typical grocery will just be like fruits and veggies, um, lean meats, and some fish, and maybe like some peanut, like the most processed foods I'll, I'll get will be like a sourdough bread or maybe like peanut butter or, or you know that type of stuff, which is not like crazy, yeah, crazy process. You know, it's still not like ultra processed, right? Yeah, but, uh, it's been to a point where um, I kind of eat. I'm like a fifty percent vegan, <laughs> so the way like. I know vegans who probably don't eat as much vegetables as I do. And that's <laughs> what I mean by that. You know, you kind of be, yeah. you know, like I get a lot of messages, people saying like, Oh, are you vegan or vegetarian or whatever? You seem to be eating lots of fruits and vegetables. Well, it's like, you can eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and also eat meat. You know, you don't have to, you know, cut everything out or whatever. You just to be smart about what you do. But uh, yeah, in the past few years, I've tried to get, as much um, local stuff as possible and uh, because I've realized the connection between the soil and our microbiome as well yeah. how important it is to get something that's close to your your home base and close to the dirt you actually play in and, and walk around absolutely and, and um, organic as much as possible you know I don't I try to not fall into like the traps of buying crazy expensive organic foods in uh, the organic section or whatever i tried to like i said get get some local organic stuff, yeah. farmers uh, stuff. local farmers market stuff's cheaper than organic yeah the, the organic section at the uh the store which is kind of misleading in a way because i think people are thrown off by that they're like oh organic like freaking broccoli is like seven bucks for like like a small head of broccoli at like a really small head of broccoli at a superstore, for example. And then you go to local market certified organic five bucks for giant head of broccoli. Yeah. No tax or anything. And, and then, uh, I mean, you don't even have to get organic. You can still get local and non-organic stuff. That is still better. Yeah. It, 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 sometimes it's not even labeled as organic, and it, it is grown that way. So, 
Yeah, and it's also like we were saying earlier about like caffeine, alcohol. Well, if you like, I hear people saying all the time, like, "Oh, I I couldn't eat the way you eat because it's so expensive." Well, if you don't spend four hundred bucks of alcohol a month and two hundred bucks in coffee, well, it turns out you can actually afford, you know, organic good food. <laughs> yeah, man, you that's know, so true. Oh, it's all about priorities, right? And I feel like people are always trying to budget, you know, and trying to be like, oh, no, I can only spend this much money on food or whatever. But if if health is your priority, then you know what? Um, it should matter, you know, what type of couch you're sitting on. It should matter what whatever you're putting in your mouth to eat, you know. That's right. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, man, so... I'm going to have to wrap it up. Maybe we can talk again sometime because I'm afraid my phone's going to die. It's good, and, and I'm afraid that I'll lose the recording if that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but where can people find you? Like you have a YouTube channel where you post your mountain biking videos, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to start posting more, uh, you know, maybe fitness content as well, eventually or other types of content. So if people want to follow it, You'll, you'll put a link somewhere, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely going to put the links in, in the show notes and everything yeah. th- that we all need to find you. But that'll be awesome, man. It was nice talking to you. Get, brought out some great topics and great conversations. I like that caffeine thing. I was actually thinking about taking a, a caffeine break for a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I it's a weird thing. Like, coffee is a drug. Like it does give you a buzz, and it, <laughs> I freaking I just love the taste. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it hits your dopamine. Freaking I, I, I half wonder if I even like if I like the taste or, or if my my brain just tells me I like the taste because it has an effect. Probably, probably this the the latter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just weird thing. Anyway, anyway. Like- you got to get to bed. I see you're pretty tired. It must be like almost midnight back home. So. Oh, oh yeah, man. It's almost midnight. So <laughs> nice, nice chat, man. Have a good day. Take it easy. All right. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to Best Interest Radio. If you like listening to the show, please leave an iTunes review. And if you'd like to, you can leave a donation using the PayPal link in the description to support my vision, which I believe is also our vision of creating a better world in our best interest and be sure to subscribe for future episodes and if you want to find me on social media my instagram handle is bestinterest.me which is pretty much the same all around yeah, yeah.